Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the Associate Pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 8 Four three two one, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Thank you once again for joining us, and you're going to join our service already in progress. I'm so glad to be back home, and. Uh, you know, we were so grateful to be able to get away for uh, my wife and I for, uh, oh goodness, we were gone almost two weeks. And, uh, you know, and, and it's not very often that we do that, but it was, it was great. We had a good time, and it's so good to be back home. Praise God. And I'm going to give, where did Joe go? Joe was here just a second ago. Oh, there he is. Still there. Right where I left, oh, right where he, <laughs> come, come to the worship of giving this morning, praise God. Thank you, Pastor. I was the standby here, somebody else was supposed to do uh, offering this morning, but my brother Blaine, he, he's got uh, a migraine, so Jason told me to come in and uh, uh, take over and, and do the offering this morning, but what he said was that, hey, there's a, there's a timer on, on the screen here that you guys can't see. He says, that's your time. That's how much time you have. And right now I'm looking at it, and we're in the red 27 minutes. So I am going to, like, hurry through this. Uh, so, uh, you know, I had a bunch of stuff. Brother John, I mean, that was, your testimony was awesome, and it goes right along with, uh, with the, the offering. And in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And that what it is is, you know, when uh, Brother John was going through them hard times, my guess is he was still tithing, okay? I've gone through that, the hard times. I've gone through all the things. But yet my focus was still on tithing. Maybe I didn't give as much. Maybe I didn't do as much as I could. And, and you know what? Like it says in 2 Corinthians it says, not reluctantly. Don't give it reluctantly. I was like thinking, oh, I used to sit there and think, I'm like, how am I going to make it through the week or the next two weeks before I get paid again? And guess what? There never was a shortage. And now it is just, I mean, it's just your, your faithfulness to God is, is what brings you through. And Brother John, that was awesome. And I, and I really appreciate that. So if you have your tithes and offerings, I'm going to beat the 30-minute mark in the red. So lift up your ties, brothers. Whoever's taking an uh, uh, offering for us, uh, if you can just get up and, and do the, because the, we kind of messed up this morning. So if I can get another one back there, bring out the buckets. So if you have your ties and offerings, I want you to lift them up. I want us to pray. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for, for our jobs, Lord, our homes, our cars, Lord, our families, Lord. It is all because of you, because what we have and what we have to give to you, Lord. Lord, we can give more than a tenth. We can give more than offerings. And we can pray for one another, Lord, that, that is beyond measure of what we can do for your kingdom. So we ask right now that you just bless this offering. We give it unto you with love and understanding that you, Lord, will multiply it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So quickly, as uh, the buckets are being passed, and I'm well aware because Joe pointed it out to everyone that we are in the red. So uh, I'm going to make this quick, okay? We have a few announcements that we need to talk about just uh, really quick. First of all, um, and, and these all kind of go together, but um, I don't think we ever welcomed you if you're a first-time guest, so thank you for coming today. Normally, and, and this was all out of whack today, we have a card in the back of the seat. Normally I say put it in the offering, but... Uh, that's already done. So um, anyway, what you can do is um, you can hand it to me after service or something like that. We just want to be able to get in touch with you and stuff if we need to. We're not going to bug you, I promise. Um, we're not that way, okay? Um, so I told um, you guys several months ago, I said, there's not going to be a month that goes by where we don't do some sort of outreach. We're a missions church, and we're going to be doing outreach. And so our September outreach, I want to remind you, that's this Friday, and um, it's called Worship Unbound. This is a gallery, an art gallery that we're opening up here at Word of Life Church, Worship Unbound. Um, I believe this, and this is the general philosophy behind it, is that we have confined worship to the walls of singing and playing instruments, but worship is so much more. There is such a small percentage of the population who can get up here and, and sing and can, and, and we say this all the time, well, I can't sing, brother, but I make a joyful noise. Well, that's good. I'm glad you make a joyful noise. Um, God enjoys it. That's it. All right? So um, keep it to yourself and your shower or your car when nobody's in there. And, um, you know, and you and God can just have a great time. But I believe that God has given each one of us an outlet to worship him in some way, in some fashion. And, and we want to expand that definition here at Word of Life of worship. So maybe you, uh, you're involved in photography. Maybe you love taking pictures. Even something like, I, I feel like we've been picking on John all day because, he, you know, he shared a testimony with us today. But, um, but he was one of the ones that I thought about um, whenever God dropped this on my heart. I immediately thought about him because John does amazing photography. He's not a professional photographer or anything like that, but he does amazing photography, and God has given him an eye for it and inspiration for it. So I went to John. I said, hey, man, what do you think about this? This was months ago, right? A long time ago, six or eight months ago. I said, what do you think? He goes, bro, I am like all in on that. Here's what I want you to do. If you do photography, maybe you write poetry, maybe you sculpt, maybe you, uh, I, I don't know, uh, draw, paint, whatever it may be. Clarissa, she paints um, just amazingly. And God has given her that as an outlet for worship. So I said, what I need is I want you guys to submit pieces, and we're going to put them out in our gallery. And so... Um, 
We're going to start with a small group of, uh, of pieces, but you don't have to be asked to do it. If this is an inspiration for you, I want you to, to, to create something, submit it, we'll put it out there. You're like, man, I can't get it ready for this week. That's cool. This is an ongoing living thing that's going to happen. You come and you bring something to me. We're going um, to look it over. We're going to figure out how to best display it, and we're going to put it out there. So what I ask is that you give me something one week in advance, all right, and then we'll put it out. If we have it for a week, then we'll get it out. Um, and you need to write some description of what your inspiration was. Now, it doesn't have to be pretty or anything like that, but just some description. Um, we're going to do it up to where it's all uniform, um, and we're going to display it. And then it's going to be displayed here at Word of Life in our lobby um, for a minimum of six months, and then you get it back. We're not going to keep it. Um, we're not going to sell it, you know, or anything like that. Um, we're going to give it back to you. You can do whatever you would like to do with it at that point. Um, but we just want to showcase the creative nature of our God. So this Friday night, 7 o'clock, we're going to have a gallery opening. We're going to have our artists here. They're going to share their heart with you and some of the things that God has, has really opened their eyes to. Um, we're really, really excited. We're going to have some light hors d'oeuvres. What that means is don't plan on dinner here, but it's like a little snack, all right? So uh, I don't want somebody loading up. They're all, oh, thanks. I'll just take the tray, all right? Um, but we're going to have some light. I know around here we eat a lot. That, that's not what we're going to do on Friday night. Um, but it's going to last for about an hour. Um, we're going to look at the pieces. We're going to have a really, uh, we have some cool things planned, and we're going to have a really unique time uh, of worship, something like you've never experienced, all right, something like I've never experienced. So I'm very excited about that. Um, that's our September outreach. So invite people to come with you. Um, come and see it. It's a great time to show off our God, all right. Um, second thing. In October, we have two outreaches. It's all right if we do two, not just one, right? Y'all cool with that? All right, so in October, the first thing that we have is Fallapalooza. And this is a citywide thing that churches, a coalition of churches joined together. We've never done Fallapalooza before, but this is the 10th anniversary, and they asked us to be a part, and I said, we are more than happy to be a part of Fallapalooza. Whenever it started 10 years ago, um, it wasn't a good time for us, and so um, we, we were doing some other things during Fallapalooza, and so we just never got involved, but I thought this is a great time to jump in. Um, so we're going to be involved. I need two things. I need you to bring candy, and I need you to sign up to help for Fallapalooza. It's October the 20th, and it's going to be in shifts, kind of lasts all day, and so um, we need lots of hands. I told them that we could have about 20 or 25 volunteers um, for this, and so I need you to sign up to be a part of it, and uh, I know that it's going to be a huge blessing to our community and uh, one thing that I love about it is everybody that comes to Fallapalooza, they get a card, and um, on that card it says, I want more information about these churches. It's all the churches that's involved in Fallapalooza. It's not about one church or another church, and then those cards are distributed, and anybody who puts a word of life on it, that way we can contact them, um, and uh, I don't see the ones that, that they put for some other church, okay? Um, so it's, it's, just, it's a really cool event. Um, so sign up to be involved in that. And uh, the second thing in October, third thing overall, is the Main Street Fall Festival on October the 31st. It starts at 4 o'clock, and we've done this for years. We're going to go downtown. We're going to have a booth. There's like, I don't know, 700 million kids that come down. Um, but it's a whole lot of fun. Um, and we're going to hand out candy, and we're going to make sure that everybody knows that God is madly in love with them. We need people to help with that. 
And we need lots and lots and lots of candy. So there's a bucket right out here as soon as you leave the sanctuary for candy. Now, I asked you last week, I said, we need candy for Fallapalooza and for the fall festival. So let's not let one service go by that you don't bring at least one bag of candy. So if we all bring one bag, now I'm not going to ask you who forgot your candy this week, but this week I'm going to send you a reminder on like Saturday morning, be sure to go get your candy, okay? That way we have plenty I, I really don't want to be the church that is known for handing out one piece of candy. We don't do that at Word of Life. We do handfuls of candy, all right? Like, we, we're not skimpy on the candy. We're not chintzy on our candy. Like, you want candy? Candy, all right? So I want them going home talking about, dude, that one church gave me so much candy. And there wasn't one of those in just a plain orange wrapper. It was good candy. I know some of y'all like that candy, but I do not. There aren't many of you that like that candy. That's gross. All right. Those ones that are just plain orange, plain black, I talk about them every year. We don't want none of that. All right? All right, cool. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor. I think you have negative four minutes for your ma- I'm playing. He's like, I haven't preached in like over a week. <laughs> We're making up for it today. All right. Praise God. Amen. We've got some bridge kids ready to be dismissed to their class this morning. Once again, so so good to be back here. We missed you all last week, and uh, uh, you know we we realize how blessed we are. You you guys are so good to us. Uh, and helping us celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary and and uh so we appreciate that and all the uh wonderful comments on facebook and and those kind of things and so we appreciate it so much but i have been speaking about holy spirit and uh we we've been we've talked about the relationship with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the, the work of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, I'm going to be talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I want you to get to know this person. How many of you feel like you know him a little better than you did uh, a couple months ago before we started this? Praise God. I, I, I guess I've succeeded with about six of you. And uh, so the rest of you, maybe we can, can have some success here today. And, uh, but turn in your Bibles or, uh, uh, you know, maybe you don't turn your Bible anymore. Maybe you, you do this, you know, select your Bible. But uh, anyway, uh, however you access your Bible, let's access our Bibles this morning. And uh, let's log in or turn to or whatever to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Now, this week, because I've been, I've been gone, I was not able to get your, um, your assignment uh, 
put out to you, but I want to encourage you to look for that on Facebook because I, I, I started doing something. I put a, an assignment on there, read these passages yeah, and meditate on these and sometimes put a little teaser on there of what to, what to look for in, in these. But, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago that if I go to church prepared to receive something, I'll receive a lot more than if I just show up. Praise God. And so I, I, I was sitting on my deck uh, a few weeks ago, and I was sitting there and just reading my uh, reading Bible and, and just meditating on some things, and the Holy Spirit just dropped this idea into my heart. Uh, you know, as a kid, we used to read our Sunday school lesson on Saturday nights. We, you know, my parents made sure that we read our Sunday school lesson. We had a, uh, a book that we read our lesson from. And so uh, as I was thinking about that, I thought, okay, why don't I give people something to do to prepare themselves uh, to be able to receive. So if you'll watch on my Facebook, on the Word of Life Facebook page, or if you're my, my friend on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, watch for those. I'll put those little things on there. Read uh, this week. If I had done it, I would have said, read Galatians 5. And uh, spend extra time uh, you know, meditating on that this week and, and preparing, let God speak to you. See, so when you come and I begin to talk about it, you say, wow, the Lord showed me that very thing just a couple days ago as I was meditating on that passage of Scripture. The Lord started talking to me about that. Or, or He might talk to you about something. You know, I remember sitting and, and hearing my pastor uh, preach and the Lord is dropping things in my heart that relate to what he's saying. Praise God. And that's what I want you to begin to experience. And this is part of the work of Holy Spirit in your life is he begins to, to uh, open up and expound. He begins to show you the things that pertain to Jesus. Praise God, that pertain to the Word of God. And, uh, and I think that if you will be active and do these things, that uh, it will make a difference for you when you come to church. Praise God. Praise God. But we're talking about fruit of the Spirit. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 19 says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I, told, uh, as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now notice here, it says, the works of the flesh 
but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, no, notice there's the, the, the difference there. The flesh works. You know, see, this is what the law was all about. The law was the trying to get the flesh to do the right works, the right deeds. And so when it comes to the flesh, the flesh is about labor, is about working, is about trying harder, is about, you know, uh, being more diligent, you know. And, and um, on the other hand, he says the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody have a fruit tree, pecan tree, you know, some kind of, uh, of a fruit tree in your yard? You know, have you ever... Uh, have you ever walked by your fruit tree and heard it groaning trying to produce fruit? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Why? Because bearing fruit is easy for a fruit tree. It does it naturally. It is just the natural outflow. You see, an a apple tree bears apples because it's an apple tree. Now, let me, let me flip this over because a lot of times we do this, we flip things over backwards sometimes. And, you know, an, an apple tree, it's not an apple tree because it bears apples. It bears apples because it is an apple tree. Everybody understand what I'm saying here? It, it doesn't, it, it is not an apple tree you didn't just plant a tree, and the tree comes up, and, and then the, the apple or, or the tree decides, oh, I want to be an apple tree, so I'll start bearing apples. No. It was an apple tree before it ever produced a single apple. From the moment that that seed sprouted, and it began to push its way up through the soil, it was already an apple tree. But because it was an apple tree, there came a time when it reached a point of maturity that it began to show the evidence of being an apple tree. Now, in our lives... You see, here, here's what we have done in Christian circles. We have, we have said, okay, I want to be Christ-like. So therefore, I need to start acting better. I need to change the way I, I, I do things. I need to stop doing this and I need to stop doing that. Or, or a lot of times it's somebody else telling you you need to stop doing this and start doing that. But, but anyway, it comes down to, uh, you know, many times we, we think that if we want to be a good Christian, then we got to start doing these things. That is works of the flesh. And you know what? The Bible says, teaches us clearly that we... There, there is not one of us that has perfectly kept all the commandments. 
And so we all fail in doing that. So do we say, okay, well, you know, I just can't, I, I, I can't be a good Christian. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't stop doing this. You know, and, and the, the, the truth of the matter is, you're absolutely right about that. You can't. But Holy Spirit in you can begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of an apple tree is evidence that it's an apple tree. The fruit didn't make it an apple tree. The fruit is evidence that it is an apple tree. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that you are filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I was thinking about this, about, uh, about fruit. And this passage of, of Scripture uh, came to my mind. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, and I, so I went to, to look it up and see, okay, where's, the, where's that found? And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, um, you are God's garden. Okay, and I, I was sure there was a translation that said it that way, although I could not find that translation. But here's what it says, which is the same thing. You are God's field. Praise God. You are God's field. And, and I, I looked up that word field there, and there again I was looking for that word garden because that's, that's what I was thinking of. And, and, and I, I couldn't find that either. But here's what I found. I found the word field meant husbandry. Now, that doesn't mean, mean being, being a husband. I mean, we're not talking about marriage here, okay? But uh, husbandry is, if you're not familiar with that term, the husbandman is the one that takes care of the garden. He's the one that tends and takes care of the the garden. And actually, there's a link back to that about being a husband, too, but uh, uh, we're not going there today. But, uh, but anyway, it, it is husbandry. God, you are God's husbandry. In other words, you are the field, and so I am accurate in saying you are God's garden. You are his husbandry. You are the garden that God tends and takes care of. Now, the farmer is the husbandman. He is the, uh, he is the one who tends and cares for and prunes and, and, and uh, you know, makes sure that there's water and makes sure there's fertilizer and all of these kinds of things. He is the one that does. You are God's garden, God's husbandry. In other words, he is the one who does the taking care of of you. He, and, and, and when it comes to the, the field, the garden, it is the farmer, it is the husbandman that does the work, not the plants. The plants don't work. The plants just produce because of who they are. It is 
The farmer that does the work of preparing the soil, it is the farmer who makes sure that there is uh, the right amount of water, that makes sure that there is, is uh, pruning that takes place. It is, he is the one who pulls the weeds out. He is the one who, who, who does all the work. It's not the plants that do the work. But the plants produce the fruit. The husbandman, the gardener, the farmer, he, he is incapable of producing the fruit. But he does the preparation so that the fruit will be naturally produced. Now, here's the deal. God is working in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. He is doing the work in your life. So this is why we're not talking about the works of the flesh. Flesh works. We're talking about the fruit being naturally produced in your life. And if you will let God do the work in your life and stop trying to work out some fruit, praise God, then you'll find that producing the fruit of the Spirit isn't hard. Many people think that living the Christian life is a hard thing. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've been... I'm 60 years old. I accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was about seven years old, as close as I can figure out. About seven years old. So that's a long time. And from someone with 57 years of experience, I can tell you it is not hard to live the Christian life. In fact, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. So if you're saying living a Christian life is hard, you're telling me you're a transgressor. Or you're telling me that you're trying to work this out on your own. You're trying to do the labor of this thing. But here's what it says. In, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and, uh, through 21 in the Amplified Translation. Let's look at this. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are. And remember what we said, the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of the Spirit-filled life. Praise God. It's the, it's the evidence. So here's the evidence of living according to the flesh. That, that's what he's telling us here. Here is the evidence of living according to the flesh. Now, you know, I, I hear people say this. Well, we're not supposed to judge, but we can be fruit inspectors. You know what? You did not get that out of the Bible. God didn't call you to be a fruit inspector either. He called you to bear some fruit. You know, and if you're wanting to be a fruit inspector, you're just looking for a backdoor way around being judgmental. Okay? 
So stop it and, and quit trying to inspect my fruit. Inspect your own fruit. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Inspect your own fruit, and, and, you know, and, and you'll be way ahead if you do. Praise God. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. Here is the evidence of living according to the flesh. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total, get this, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So he's telling you the evidence. So take a look at your own fruit, not your neighbor's fruit. Take a look at your own fruit and see if these are things that are being produced. Now, here's what I didn't say. I didn't say, now you need to stop doing all those things. That's not what I said. You know, although that would be a good idea, but that's not what I said. Okay? Here's what you need to do. You need to change what you're filled with. If you're filled with the Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit will be naturally produced. And since the fruit of the Spirit is the opposite of those things right there, those things we named, then the evidence will begin to show up and there will be some different kinds of fruit coming out of your life. And, and, and you know, Let's go back and read. I, I want to. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, once again, verse 22, 23. Let's go on and read and amplify it again. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result, get this, the result of His presence within us. The result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. I like that. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. Now, 
1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9 is the passage that I alluded to that I was trying to find. But it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. Praise God. The word field is the word, um, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, but, uh, you know, anything can come out here. So... Uh, it, it is Georgos uh, is the as close as I can get to that Georgos, and uh, you know this is the word where we would get um, the the root word. If we trace this back to the root, we come up with this word. Uh, Energeo, which, which is where we get our word energy from. You are, you are God's field. You are where he, he is energizing you to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. He is the one who is energizing you to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Get this. It is the fruit of the Spirit is indicative, not causative. Now, what that means is it is an indication of something, not the cause of something. Okay? It's the indication of something, not the cause of something. Praise God. Now, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you are fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, this word lust is the, in the Greek, this word is epithumia, and the word epithumia means a strong desire. A strong desire. Now, when we hear the word lust, most of us immediately think of some kind of sin, usually sexual sin. Okay? But that word epithumia just means a strong desire. And in order to get an evil desire out of that, you have to add the word evil to it. Because just epithumia all by itself only, you know, it's kind of like the word repent. We, we automatically associate that with repenting of sin. But repent in its simplest form just means to change your mind. You could change your mind in a good way. You could change your mind in a bad way. It just means to change your mind. Uh, and, and, and this word uh, epithumia means just to uh, have a strong desire and to prove to you that, that it's not necessarily a bad word. It, 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 now, when we translate it as lust, we have a negative connotation that goes along with that. But this word epithumia, uh, Jesus had epithumia. But Jesus certainly did not lust after sinful things. You know, he wasn't lusting after women or men, either one. 
You know, Jesus did not have strong sexual desires towards, you know, towards someone, but he had strong desires. In fact, he said to his disciples, with epithumia, I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. In other words, he says, I have a very strong desire to eat the Passover with you. See, that, 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 there's nothing sinful about that. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to some of the churches that he had planted, and he said, I have an epithumia to see you again. And so, see, it was not a, a bad word. You would have to connect the word evil to it to make it an evil thing. He's just saying with a strong desire. Now, here, here let, let's read this and, and see this in its context. Uh, I say then walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the strong desires, the lust, the epithumia of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Or the spirit, it, what he's saying is both the spirit and the flesh have strong desires. But they're opposites of one another. And you're going to have to decide if you're going to walk according to the strong desires of the flesh or if you're going to walk according to the strong desires of the spirit. Praise God. Now, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. Now, let's look at this. Let me just just throw this out here as a phrase that, that you rem will remember. Um, it's not, we're not talking about a work, we're talking about a walk. Okay? R remember that phrase. We're not talking about a work, we're talking about a walk. You don't work in the spirit. The flesh works. We're not working. We're walking in the spirit. In other words, the spirit is leading, and you're going to have to walk where the spirit leads. Praise God. Now, just because you accepted Jesus as your Savior, he becomes, he, he has placed the Spirit on the inside of you to become a guide for you. But a guide is of no benefit if you don't follow the guide. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we just drove uh, in uh, the last three days we've been driving from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way back to Carlsbad. And I had to rely a lot on the GPS. And if I didn't turn where the GPS said turn, the GPS was of no benefit to me. 
I had to follow after the GPS. I had to walk after or drive after the GPS. And this is the way the Spirit becomes in you the GPS for your life. And you got to go where the GPS says go or it's of no benefit to you. Praise God. He'll keep you out of trouble. And he'll get you into the right places. Praise God. Praise God. He'll get you the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Anybody ever experienced that? You were just at the right place at the right time. Now, we can say we lucked out, or we can say the Spirit led us. Praise God. A lot of times the Spirit is leading us, and we don't even know He's leading us. Sometimes we call it a hunch. But it's actually the Spirit leading us. And there are a lot of people that have, have been led by the Spirit and didn't even know it. Didn't even know that's what it was. You know, I've operated in things I didn't know what I was operating in until later, and it dawned on me, oh, wow, that was this. Now, For you, or you do not fulfill the strong desires of the flesh because you are walking in the Spirit. Praise God. You're not fulfilling, you know, how, I'm telling you here how to live this Christian life, and it's easy. I'm not making things hard for you. It's easy to live the Christian life. It's easy to live right. If, you see, there is something on the inside of you. Let me give you, even people who are not believers have a sense on the inside of them. Now, for a believer, it's so much more reliable. Why? Because it's Holy Spirit-led. But there is a sense on the inside of even unbelievers now, the, uh, about right and wrong. Let me prove it. Why does an unbeliever call sleeping with someone else's spouse cheating? Why do they call it cheating? Because they know it's wrong. They know it's cheating. I mean, they're calling it accurately. It is cheating. And so, you know, that, that shows that there is a sense, even in unbelievers, about right and wrong. Now, they can overcome and override those senses and do whatever they want to do, but there is a sense on the inside that God created and He put in you. Now, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you received in you a reliable guide. Praise God. Praise God. He, he can be trusted. He will put you in the right place at the right time, and He will keep you out of the wrong place at the wrong time. Praise God. Living the Christian life is a natural thing. It is the fruit of the 
spirit that dwells in you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, let me just say this before I go to that. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. So, so in other words, let, let's look at this. If sin is having dominion over you, if it is dominating and controlling your life, then we could say you're not, a, you're not living under grace, you're living under law. You're living under law. But if you are, how do you know? If you are living under grace, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you are living under grace, then sin will not be dominating your life. That doesn't mean you won't ever make a mistake. Sometimes, as, you know, as much as I tried to follow that GPS, I did make a couple of wrong turns. Because I got caught in the wrong lane, and it's saying, it's saying turn right. Well, I can't turn right because I'm in the left lane. Okay? So as much as I try to follow, and it's the same way in following after the Spirit, sometimes I get in the wrong lane and miss the turn. But you know what? Every time I do, the GPS reroutes me, praise God, and gets me back where I need to be. And if you are following after the Spirit as opposed to, if you are walking after the Spirit as opposed to being dominated by the flesh, living under law instead of under grace, if, if you are if you're living under grace, if you're living and following after the Spirit, the Spirit will reroute you to get you back where you need to go. Praise God. And you can take confidence in that. You can trust in that. He will get you back where you need to go. Now, sometimes that involves admitting you missed the turn. You know, it's, it's no, well, we're just taking the scenic route. No, sometimes you just got to say, I missed it, turn around, go back the other way. Praise God. In 500 feet, make a U-turn. <laughs> you know, we just got to do that sometimes in our life. We just got to be honest enough to make a U-turn. Praise God. Praise God. But living the Christian life, it's easy. It's easy. I'm telling you how to make this easy. Now, here's, here's let me just give you this, this clue. I, you know, we are, we are rapidly running out of time this morning. Or we have, we rapidly ran out of time this morning. Let me, let me put it that way. Here's what Galatians chapter 5 says. 
Verse number one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. Verse number four, you have become estranged from Christ. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have become estranged by Christ. So, let me just tell you this. I, I hear people all the time saying, well, I'm just tired of trying. Me too. That's why I don't try anymore. Praise God. Now, before you misunderstand that and say, say that you're just casting off all restraint and just living any old way you want to, before you misunderstand that, I am tired of trying to bear fruit. I'm ready to just follow after the Spirit and bear fruit. Praise God. Praise God. You have become, a, see, here, here's what you have done. When you, the moment you think there is something you could do that would make yourself more acceptable to God. The moment you think that and accept that thought, that is the moment that you have gone back under the law. And when you go under the law, many Christians are wondering why they see evidence of the curse in their life. If you're under law, then the curse is going to show up because you're not going to keep the law. You can't. You can't. But the moment that you say, Jesus, I can't do this, so you live through me. He will. That's how you put yourself under grace. That's it. I mean, it is really, really, I mean, that sounds oversimplified, but that is how you put yourself under the grace of God. Of say, it, it, putting yourself under grace doesn't mean that grace becomes your excuse for fulfilling the lust of the flesh. There's a lot of people that say they're under grace, but grace is really just their excuse for living according to the flesh. No, the moment you say, Jesus, live through me, you'll stop fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And anytime I get off track, it's because I didn't follow him. It's because I took a step away in the wrong direction. 
And all I have to do is be honest enough to make that U-turn and get back on track. And it's not what I do, it's who I follow. Praise God. Because He will never lead me in the wrong direction. He will never lead me into the works of the flesh. He'll never lead me there. If I'm in the works of the flesh, I did that. I did that. He didn't lead me there. So what we need to learn to do is rest in Him. You know, if I'm following that GPS, if I miss the sign, it's okay because it talks to me. I didn't see the, the sign for, you know, I, I used to travel, you know, before, before I got a GPS. And I would study maps, and I'd think, okay, and I get to this place, and this exit goes this way, and I got, but man, I was in trouble if I missed the exit. But praise God for GPS. And I'm not necessarily talking about on my phone. I'm talking about the GPS on the inside of me. That when I miss the exit, the GPS can reroute me and get me right back where I need to be. Praise God. Praise God. And it becomes so easy to live the Christian life. Praise God. It is not hard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, but when we decide to just go ahead and turn the thing off, oh, I can, I, I got this. I, I know this. You ain't got it. And you don't know what you think you know. And you can't do what you think you can do. You ain't as wonderful as you think you are. It is Christ in you that's wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. It is Christ in you that, that keeps you going in the right direction. Praise God. So, remember, it's not a work, it's a walk. It's not a work, it's a walk. And the moment you start thinking, I got this, is the moment that you, you put yourself over here under the works of the flesh. It's the moment you, you started working. Praise God. Jesus said, come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. We think he said, I will give you stress. <laughs> and we stress over what he intended to be restful. So stop stressing. It's time to stop trying. Paul said, you've been estranged from Christ. You've separated yourself from Christ the moment you 
begin to try. Religion says try harder. Jesus says come to me and rest. Praise God. We'll try harder. We'll try harder. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm through trying. I, I'm, I am just done with trying. I'm going to rest in Christ. Hallelujah. Let him live through you. Praise God. I'm done with trying. I'm, I, I'm finished with trying harder. Praise God. Praise God. The walk with the Spirit is an easy walk. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you today. We do thank you today. Jesus, thank you for making the way that we could receive the same Spirit that dwelled in you. It rested upon you. And that same Spirit guides us in our walk every day, reroutes us when we miss it, gets us back on track, directs us, and all we have to do is follow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is where the walk with the Spirit starts. Praise God. Praise God. This is where the reliable guide moves on the inside of you. Praise God. How do you do that? Well, it's very simple. It's really not what you do, it's what you believe. It's what you believe. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, the only, you, you believe that Jesus paid for all of your sins at the cross. And that he rose again from the dead so you could have new life. And you just verbally agree with that. that it's really that simple. You just verbally agree with that truth right there. So whether you're watching online, whether you're sitting here in this room, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. And everyone, if you pray this and you mean this from your heart, and you've never prayed this before, and according to God's word, you will be saved. The reliable guide will move on the inside of you. Praise God. Just say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for all of my sins so I don't have to pay for them. And then he rose again from the dead so I could have new life. I believe that, and I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, 
for saving me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for being a guide to me. And I also, at this moment, I receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus said would come and live in me to be my guide, my reliable guide. And I choose to follow him. Thank you for coming into my life. From this day forward, I will never be the same again. I stop trying and just start following. Thank you for salvation. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.